text for the sermon this morning is from Hebrews 11, that chapter about faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. It says in verse 1, and the text is verse 31 of that chapter. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. So I ask Reverend Bedard to come forward for the delivery of the sermon. Dear congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, sexuality is a beautiful and precious gift. Our Creator gives the joy of sexual union to married couples for their own good, for their pleasure, and for their communion within the bond of marriage. Unfortunately, as we well know, the best gifts become the worst mess when they are not used properly. Our society has succeeded in making a real mess of sexuality. Our Creator provides a user's manual along with the gift, but most in our society prefer to just throw it away. So many lives are broken as a consequence. It has brought tremendous disaster and from such a very young age. How sad, how sad. The so-called sexual liberation of the 60s has not fulfilled its promises. Far from it. This sexual perversion is not a new phenomenon in the history of mankind, contrary to what is frequently believed. The worst sexual perversions have been around for a very long time. Our generation did not create anything new, except maybe the powerful technical tools to propagate these perversions. The ancient Canaanite society did not have access to internet. Nonetheless, it is very well known for having been, having been extremely perverted. It was not without a reason that God commanded his people to destroy them. God had been very patient with them. But during Joshua's time, the iniquities of the Canaanites had reached their full measure. So God instructed his people, Israel, to go and conquer the land of Canaan. He had a double purpose, to punish the Canaanites and to give the land to his people. Sooner or later, sexual perversion leads to destruction. But today's story is also filled with marvelous hope. A beautiful light shines in the midst of this utter darkness. Just look at the amazing work of grace in the life of this woman, Rahab, 
the Canaanite harlot. Yes, Rahab's example is a source of powerful encouragement. Her faith teaches us that through faith, God saves even the worst sinners from perdition. We will see first the surprising recipient of faith, second, the wonderful manifestation of faith, and third, the blessed reward of faith. So first, the surprising recipient of faith. Our text in Hebrews 11.31 says, By faith, the harlot Rahab. Stop. Hold on a minute. Do not read any further. How astonishing. A harlot, a prostitute, in the believer's hall of fame. How can that be? What is she doing there among all these Old Testament believers whose names have been chosen with care by the author of this epistle? Yes, Rahab the harlot is indeed part of the list. This prostitute is presented to us as a model of faith, nothing less. And it is not a mistake. It is actually a great encouragement. This woman was well known among her fellow citizens in Jericho. She was selling her body for money. What a degrading activity. Prostitution is a horrible and dehumanizing prison which can cause deep physical, psychological, social, and spiritual damage. Moreover, Rahab was a stranger. She was a pagan. She grew up in a pagan society, saturated with religious superstitions and with the belief in false gods. Her people was the very people that God had cursed and doomed to destruction, a people devoted to the Lord for judgment. But now, To our great astonishment, we are told that Rahab had faith, real faith, in the true and living God. And as if not enough, she is presented to us in the same list as these remarkable believers. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Joshua. Yes, clearly we can see here the surprising beauty of God's grace at work. During the conquest of Jericho, two great miracles took place. The first miracle is mentioned in the preceding verse in Hebrews 11.30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. The second miracle is mentioned in our text in verse 31. By faith, the harlot Rahab and her family inside the city did not perish. We see both God's judgment and God's grace, perdition and salvation. Joshua had faith that Jericho would be destroyed. Rahab had had faith that she would avoid destruction. 
Yes, what a surprising work in the life of this woman, lost in her sins and saved by the amazing grace of God. But isn't it strange that two Israelites would enter into the house of a prostitute? Is it an appropriate place to go to for members of God's covenant people? What were these spies thinking? The text does not say anything about it. Maybe they thought that going to her place would help them go unnoticed in the city. The people of Jericho would have considered it normal for travelers to pay a visit to a prostitute. In any case, if such was their goal, it did not work, because some people noticed their presence and immediately reported the information to the king of Jericho. But the important thing for us is not what motivated these spies. It is rather the special work the Lord was accomplishing. We must focus on what God was doing, not on these men. Yes, God in his mysterious providence led these two children of Israel to Rahab, the prostitute. A great surprise awaited the two spies. Rahab was already converted. She already had faith in the true God, even before they arrived at her place. The spies were not missionaries sent to Jericho to proclaim the gospel to the lost Canaanites. They were on a secret mission in order to prepare the conquest of the land and the destruction of the city. And now now here they were, discovering a sexually perverted pagan woman who had just been converted who had just repented and who now believed in the only true God of heaven and earth. Listen to Rahab's own words in Joshua 2, verse 9 to 11. And she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. This is truly a beautiful confession of faith. Rahab's faith did not come from the preaching of the spies. Her faith came from the news broadcast she had heard on Radio Jericho. Rahab had already heard about the great deeds of the Lord in Egypt and in Transjordan. Transjordan. 
She did not need to see with her own eyes the Red Sea being divided in two parts, nor the destruction of the Amorite kings. She heard the story and she believed. And this is the normal way to come to faith. True faith is always based on the knowledge of the truth plus the conviction in our hearts that this truth is for us, is for me personally. God used this means to call Rahab to repentance and faith so she could turn away from her idols and from her sins, so she could turn to the living God and serve him and his church. Rahab became convinced in her heart that the Lord God of Israel was the true God of heaven and earth. She knew that God had given her city and her country to the people of Israel. She was, in fact, so convinced of it that she looked for the Lord's protection through the spies. God's grace is truly beautiful. A woman imprisoned by her sin, lost in her pagan culture, in her wrong beliefs, in her wrong lifestyle. And here she was, touched by grace. Nothing nor no one can resist the power of God's grace. The Holy Spirit has the power to cause a person to turn from his or her wicked ways and turn to the true and living God by faith. God has the power to forgive, to heal, and to deeply transform the worst sinner. We should never try to predict who might or who might not come to faith in Christ. There is hope for any person lost in his or her sins, even for persons who in our eyes could never be saved. Nobody is too entangled in his or her false beliefs or too deeply caught in his or her sin to be out of reach of God's grace. People addicted, addicted to drugs, people deeply involved in sexual depravity, murderers with a hardened conscience, people confused in their pagan beliefs, or people at the mercy of demonic powers. No matter the nature of the sin, the gift of forgiveness and of, or, and of eternal life is for anyone who believes in Jesus Christ. There are many people around us today who desperately need the gospel. Let us give them the opportunity to hear about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and to share in this tremendous grace with us. This brings us to our second point, the wonderful manifestation of faith. Now, you know very well that uh, Rahab lied to the king's messengers. 
in order to protect the spies. Was she right in doing that? Is it correct to lie under certain circumstances? Is it a good way to show our faith? The Bible never encourages lying. To the contrary, God commands us to tell the truth. Christ never said a lie. At the same time, we should be patient with new converts. Sometimes we forget how rich we are in Christ and all the light we have received. Rahab had never had the opportunity of hearing a single sermon. She had never attended a Bible study. She had never received any catechism instruction. She had never lived in a Christian family. She had never received any Christian education at school when she was young. She had never been encouraged by the communion of saints. She had never received any pastoral help nor any professional counseling. All that she had heard was the news report on Radio Jericho. She had heard about the mighty deeds of the Lord in Egypt and Transjordan, and that's all. That's all that she heard. Of course she had a conscience, but her conscience had not been reformed by the Word of God yet. It had not been progressively restored by the work of the Holy Spirit yet, except for a small beginning. She had just come out of paganism and prostitution. Let us then give her a chance to grow in her faith and make proper changes in her life. Yes, Rahab really had true faith, but her faith was mixed with sin. And by the way, it was the same with Abraham and Jacob, who had faith, but who also lied. Their faith was also mixed with sin, except that they had received much more light than Rahab. What is truly wonderful is that God was perfectly able to see the faith of this woman in spite of the sin so prevailing in her life. What a great encouragement, encouragement for us. Our faith is also mixed with sin. And this is true for every Christian. God does not approve sin, but he is perfectly able to see the faith of her, of her heart of our hearts, even though sin is still present. So how did Rahab show her faith? How did she manifest her faith? What was so wonderful about the manifestation of her faith? Our text says, By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe, when she had received the spies with peace. She had received the spies with peace. These two spies were enemies 
who had come to prepare the destruction of her people and the conquest of her city and her country. And yet, Rahab received the spies with peace. How amazing! She made peace with the enemies of her own people and even protected them. She risked her life by doing that. Faith always manifests itself through deeds. James 2.25 says, Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? Yes, she was justified by faith, and yes, she was justified by works. We are saved by faith, and true faith always produces good works, at least a beginning of good works. Rahab had faith in the Lord, the Almighty God of Israel. She trusted that the Lord would protect her. She turned away from her pagan culture and from her degrading lifestyle. She trusted the spies' words. She obeyed their instruction. She put the scarlet cord on her window as the agreed signal. She gathered her family. She knew destruction was coming soon. She prepared herself and her family for the salvation she expected. She saw the invisible and hoped for deliverance. Hebrews 11.1 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Yes, Rahab had the living faith of a newborn. She showed it by her good works of peace towards God's covenant people. How do we demonstrate our faith? Do we have the courage to separate ourselves from sin and turn away from the pagan lifestyle of our culture? Do we speak accordingly? Do we act accordingly? Are we prepared to take risks in order to serve God and contribute to the well-being of His church? Do we put our hope in Jesus Christ, our Savior? We come to our third point now, the blessed reward of faith. Rahab received many blessed rewards. First, she escaped from the destruction of Jericho. This is what our text says. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. The citizens of Jericho had all heard the same news reports about the mighty deeds of the Lord. They all feared the Israelites. Yet, what did they do? They were terrified by these news, but their terror did not produce any repentance nor faith. They barricaded themselves in the city. They put their trust in the solidity of their walls. Even though they knew very well that even the powerful Egypt 
had not been able to resist Almighty God. So what happened? The walls of Jericho fell down. They were utterly destroyed, except the very place where the scarlet cord was hanging down the wall, the scarlet cord of faith and hope. The whole population was put to death. They were devoted to God's judgment, except for Rahab and the other members of her family who had taken refuge in her house, in the walls of the city, the only part that was not destroyed. All the unbelievers in the city perished. Rahab the harlot deserved the same judgment, but she was saved by grace through faith. Second blessed reward, all members of God's people were encouraged by Rahab's confession of faith. The two spies did not need any other information. They went back and gave a report to Joshua. Listen to their conclusion in Joshua 2, verse 24. Truly, the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands, for indeed all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. These words were actually what Rahab told her, told them. She had faith that God would accomplish his promise in favor of Israel. Even a sinful Canaanite believed that God would give the promised land to Israel. Can you imagine how encouraging this must have been for Israel? When one believes in God's promise and expresses his or her faith to other believers, even if that person just came out of the worst kinds of sin, even if that person is a new convert, his or her faith will be rewarded by the encouragement it provides for the whole church. Third blessed reward, Rahab was incorporated into God's covenant people. When Jericho was being conquered, the spies went to Rahab's place to bring her and her family to a safe place. Joshua 6.25 says that she dwelt in Israel. She became a member of the church. From then on, she received the blessing of belonging to God's covenant people with all its privileges, access to the Word of God, the promises of the Savior, the communion with the other believers. What a change for him. Faith rewards us with the blessing of being incorporated into the church of the Lord and of benefiting from all its treasures. Fourth blessed reward, by faith Rahab received eternal salvation. And this is certainly the most exquisite reward. Not only was she prevented from perishing in Jericho, she was prevented also from perishing eternally. Because of her faith, she will live in eternal joy with all the elect. And finally, fifth blessed reward, 
Rahab's faith brought her great honor. She was guilty of prostitution. She misused the beautiful gift of sexuality. She transformed it into a disgusting mess. But God, in his grace, bestowed honor upon her by restoring her sexuality and allowing her to use it for a much better purpose. It is not always easy for former prostitutes or for people who have had sex outside the bond of marriage. But by God's grace, there is hope for a restored sexuality. Let me read to you a passage from the Gospel of Matthew, which might seem boring at first sight, but which is actually absolutely fascinating. Matthew 1, verse 5 and 6. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David, the king. Then the genealogy continues to Jesus Christ, our Savior. Rahab was given the distinguished honor of being one of Jesus' ancestors. Rahab married Salma, a prince in Israel. Restored marriage, restored sexuality. Together, Salma and Rahab gave birth to Boaz, restored family. We all know of Boaz's beautiful character, of his faith, and of his integrity. He was a wonderful fruit of the covenant of grace. Only one generation away, right after Rahab, his mother, the previous prostitute. Boaz married Ruth, the Moabite. Together, they became David's great-grandparents. God chose this line of people to fulfill his promise of a savior. What a blessed reward of faith. All of our Savior's ancestors were sinners, including Mary, his mother. They all needed the Savior, as we all need him too. But what great honor God bestowed upon Rahab. And what about us? The crown of glory. Such is the honor promised to us. God takes miserable sinners like us, in the midst of all our mess, and promises us that we will reign eternally with his Son in the new creation. We will receive the crown of glory. Yes, we will share in his crown of glory. Today we live in a society which could be called a modern Jericho. The degrading sins and the pagan beliefs of this culture, of our culture, are similar to the perversion of the Canaanites. One day, this world will be utterly destroyed. One day, the iniquities of this world will reach their full measure. God's patience will come to an end. This world is devoted to the Lord for the coming judgment. 
God is slow to anger. He is patient and does not come immediately in judgment. He calls people to repentance and faith. He is asking us, are you enjoying a comfortable life in Jericho? Or are you getting ready for the great day of judgment? Are you seeking the protection in the Lord Jesus Christ? Dear brothers and sisters, let us trust in the Lord. Let us have faith in the living God like Rahab did, the prostitute who was forgiven and transformed. By God's grace, we belong to a powerful army which will receive the new world as and as its inheritance. Let us continue to call our neighbors to faith in Christ before it's too late. Let us continue to teach the Word of God to our children and to our grandchildren so we might avoid the coming destruction, so we might be counted among those who will be saved from perdition. May the Lord give us true faith in His Word, May he give us the strength to persevere in this faith. May he give us what we need to shine as bright lights in this dark world. Let us be proud and faithful carriers of the living word. Let us always be amazed by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Amen.